0: Section 9 of Stories from the Operas by Gladys Davidson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit librivox.org. Donizetti, Lucia di Lammermoor. During the turbulent times of the 17th century revolution, many of the noble families of Scotland were plunged into poverty and ruin, and under the lax and uncertain rule of changing parties, many occasions arose for unjust oppression by the ambitious holders of powerful offices and for the pursuit of private feuds and motives of revenge thus it came about that the barons of ravenswood an ancient family who had dwelt for many centuries in the south-east of scotland amidst the wild hills of lammermoor became gradually poor and lost the power they had enjoyed so long and the young edgar the surviving master of ravenswood found himself forced to struggle against overwhelming difficulties the young edgar enthusiastic and full of spirit did not grudge the sharing of his country's troubles but when most of his lands and possessions fell into the hands of the ashtons the long-hated foes of his race and a less noble family than his own his heart was indeed filled with bitterness by ingratiating themselves with the most powerful party then in office the ashtons had gained considerable influence in the southern provinces and they did not fail to use their power by taunting and annoying the family of ravenswood whose hatred they returned with equal zest but while edgar of ravenswood still managed to dwell securely in his crumbling old castle though shorn of his wealth his foes in their ambitious flights and grasping pride eventually overreached themselves and at last sir henry ashton on coming into the estates found himself faced with ruin he had become entangled in a government conspiracy and suspicion having quickly fallen upon him he knew himself to be in the utmost danger in this desperate situation one person alone could save him from the traitor's awful doom his fair young sister lucy for lucy ashton's exquisite beauty and gentle nature had gained her the admiration of sir arthur bucklaw a gay young nobleman who held high offices and whose great influence was sufficient to remove the danger which threatened the involved henry this influence sir arthur was willing to exert if lucy's hand were bestowed on him in marriage and as henry ashton spoke of this matter one day with his henchman norman and his chaplain bide the bent he anxiously sought to allay his fears thus. Bide the bent, who had been Lucy's tutor and loved her dearly, knowing that she had no affection for Sir Arthur, begged his master not to harass the maiden, since she was still too young to think of such matters. But Norman, the henchman, laughed derisively on hearing this, and declared that, so far from being too young to think of love, Lucy already had a devoted lover, to whom she had granted secret interviews in the grounds henry angry at hearing such news demanded further information and norman declared that lucy when walking one day in the park having been rescued from the furious attack of a wild bull by a handsome young stranger had straightway fallen in love with him and was now in the habit of meeting him frequently and what is the name of this bold stranger who thus dares to woo my sister in secret cried henry pale with wrath and norman answered edgar of ravenswood on hearing that lucy's lover was none other than his own hated foe ravenswood henry ashton became furious and passionately vowed vengeance on the pair and full of angry uneasy thoughts he determined to hasten the alliance of his sister with sir arthur bucklaw after which he hoped to soon find means for vanquishing the disappointed lover meanwhile knowing her brother to be engaged with his followers lucy attended by her maid alice had crept down to the secret trysting-place in the park to await the coming of her lover whom she expected that day for the henchman norman had spoken the truth and a deep love had indeed sprung up between edgar of ravenswood and the fair daughter of his enemies as the young girl and her attendant drew near to an ancient fountain around which a legend had grown up to the effect that a dead and gone ravenswood had there slain a maiden who loved him and that her spirit still haunted the spot lucy declared that she had herself recently beheld this wraith which had made strange signs as though warning her against some unseen danger and alice begged her young mistress to no longer continue her secret love passages since such a solemn warning evidently meant that trouble was in store for her but lucy heeded her not and seeing edgar approach she ran to greet him with great joy soon however when the first happy moments were passed she noticed that her lover was anxious and somewhat preoccupied and on asking the cause she was quickly filled with sorrow when edgar announced that in a few hours he would be compelled to leave the country on a secret mission to france a mission which had been entrusted to his care by the political party to which he belonged the young man also declared that he would now boldly seek an interview with sir henry ashton in order to secure his consent to their union but lucy fearing her brother's anger and knowing well that he would never consent to bestow her upon one for whom he bore such intense hatred begged him to keep their love a precious secret until his return lest evil should fall upon her during his absence edgar's reply was a passionate tirade against the man who had so ruthlessly persecuted his race and brought ruin upon him but quickly melted by the tears and entreaties of the gentle lucy he granted her request and comforted her with great tenderness the lovers now exchanged rings as their solemn pledge of faithfulness to each other and with many loving embraces they at length bade each other farewell and parted with heavy hearts a sad and harassing time was now in store for lucy for sir henry ashton beset on all sides with dangers and difficulties was determined to save himself from utter disaster by wedding his lovely sister to sir arthur bucklaw who alone had the necessary influence to extricate him from the compromising political sea of trouble in which he had become immersed it was in vain that lucy refused to agree to the marriage even summoning courage to declare her plighted troth to edgar of ravenswood her brother absolutely declined to consider her wishes in the matter and ruthlessly resolved to sacrifice her happiness to his own selfish ends he therefore made all the arrangements for her marriage with sir arthur bucklaw to be carried out and he proceeded to invite all their relations and friends to attend the ceremony of signing the marriage contract and the wedding of the pair lucy finding herself helpless in the matter could only hope that her beloved edgar would return in time to claim her as his plighted bride and thus free her from her terrible position but to her sorrow she received no replies to the letters she sent to her lover and was soon plunged in despair the fact of the matter was that sir henry's henchman norman intercepted all the letters sent by the absent edgar and took them to his master and between them they also concocted a forged letter in which the master of ravenswood was made to announce that his affection for lucy had waned and that he had taken another lady to be his wife this letter henry ashton kept as his last argument and on the day on which the bridal guests were expected he had a final interview with his sister bidding her to be of more cheerful demeanour since she must sign her marriage contract with sir arthur bucklaw that day again the unhappy girl begged for mercy declaring that she could not marry bucklaw since she had plighted herself to edgar of ravenswood and refusing to heed her brother when he insisted that a vow made without the consent of her guardians was not binding upon her and then still finding her obdurate sir henry produced the forged letter and bade her read it the hapless lucy believing the writing to be that of her lover whom she was thus compelled to acknowledge as faithless was now plunged into the deepest grief and her brother taking advantage of her dazed and helpless condition besought her eagerly to turn her thoughts from such an unworthy object and to sign the contract of the brilliant marriage which had been arranged for her declaring that he himself would certainly forfeit his life unless she would consent to wed sir arthur bucklaw who alone had the power to save him and who was willing to do so on this one condition lucy thus basely deceived felt that life had no further joy for her and feeling now that it was her duty to save her brother from ruin she fell into a state of wretched apathy and finally consented to the marriage caring naught for what might befall her the wedding guests now arrived and lucy quite dull and heedless of sir arthur bucklaw's eager greeting at the whispered stern bidding of her brother signed the marriage contract with a trembling hand no sooner had she done the deed than a cloaked stranger dashed into the room and to the surprise and consternation of all the intruder proved to be none other than edgar of ravenswood himself who having just returned from france had come to claim his plighted bride for answer henry ashton triumphantly showed him the signed marriage contract and edgar thus seeing that lucy had broken her troth fell into a passion of rage and grief and scorning all explanations from the distracted girl, snatched her ring from his finger and returned it to her, passionately demanding his own back again. Half-dazed with the shock of his sudden appearance, the unhappy Lucy, as in a dream, slowly and almost unwittingly drew the ring from her finger, and Edgar, after passionately trampling the love pledge beneath his foot, rushed from the room, uttering wild curses on the family of Ashton hurrying to his crumbling and dismantled castle the unhappy master of ravenswood remained plunged in the deepest grief and here he was some hours later visited by the triumphant henry ashton who came to announce that his sister's marriage with sir arthur bucklaw had duly taken place passionate words passed between the two men who had been implacable foes from childhood and after proudly agreeing to settle their differences by a duel next morning henry ashton returned to his mansion to join in the wedding festivities but woe was quickly to succeed to this forced merriment for shortly after the bride and bridegroom had been escorted to their chamber wild shrieks were heard and the chaplain bide the bent rushed into the presence of the alarmed guests with a fearful story on his lips lucy ashton tortured and racked with the anxiety and sorrow of the last few weeks and utterly stunned and prostrated by the final shock of edward's return and passionate reproaches had lost her reason and in a paroxysm of frenzy she had slain her newly-made husband overwhelmed with horror henry ashton and his guests hurried to the scene of this awful tragedy but though they endeavored to calm and restore the distraught girl their efforts were in vain and lucy worn out in body as well as in mind died a few hours later bide the bend and some other retainers of the family quickly brought the sad news to edgar of ravenswood who unable to rest was passing the night in wretchedness amidst the tombs of his ancestors in a wild and craggy spot and when the unhappy lover thus heard of his beloved one's tragic death and understood that he had wronged her since she had been cruelly deceived his woe was so great that determined not to live without her he stabbed himself to the heart and fell dead at the feet of the horrified attendants end of section nine